0: Hard to Tell Podcast, Episode 105 first episode of New Year Twenty Twenty Vision. As everybody is saying, everybody's got Twenty Twenty Vision.
1: What's the What's the cutoff for Happy New Year
0: for people saying that? Yo, six days, six. I will give you
1: a week, so you give it to Three Kings yeah, Day, basically. Cause,
0: yeah, because you might, you might not, you might not have seen some people. I'll give you week seven. So that's January. Seven. I said it to someone yesterday. Yeah, you might not have so seen yesterday, somebody yesterday. Yesterday, yesterday, first was time you saw me in that year, period. Yeah. I mean, like, but then I'm thinking, like, yo, what if it's the first time you see somebody in the new year and it's, like, January 17th? Am I going to be mad if they tell me Happy New Year? I'm not going to be mad. I'm not saying it at that point. I'm done after the seventh day. Like, we're done. We're good. Like, I'm not saying it anymore. Happy New Year to you, though. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy New Year
1: to everyone listening. Everyone's still rocking everyone. with us yeah. in 2020. Yeah. 140. Five episodes in
0: Yeah, thanks to uh, everybody for rocking with us um, We had a big year last year Yeah, and uh, it's going to be a, another great uh, year Most uh,
1: downloads that we've had, reached the charts a couple of times More than a couple of times, times. actually
0: Yeah, hopefully you enjoying the, the new music New music for the new year Oh yeah With the intro uh, Wanted
1: new, something a little more upbeat
0: Yeah, new segment uh, coming up later We'll talk about that in the show a little bit later New segment that we're going to be doing So we're adding some things You know, we're evolving, growing, changing As we all should um, but it's been an interesting time around with the new year, uh, with the focus um, on just everything. Uh, you know, as people make their resolutions and changes and whatnot. But in the world of sports, uh, something very sad occurred yeah. on um, New Year's Day. And that being the uh, former commissioner of the NBA, David Stern, passed away uh, after he had uh, brain hemorrhage last month, yeah. December 2019, yeah. um, that hospitalized him, and he passed away at the age of 77. A lot has been said, a lot has been written about in terms of David Stern uh, and what he's done. I think it's, if you're like myself, and you grew up watching the NBA pretty much through the 90s, 2000s, and for some people before, going to the 80s, some folks who were a little bit older than myself, they understand very much the impact this man had on the game of basketball as a commissioner. Now, was it always good? Was it always about controversy? Was there times players weren't really messing with him? Yes. Mm-hmm. There was a time I didn't like something he did, and I'll I, get to that in a little bit. I remember it, yeah. And you know what's funny? My, my feelings on that aren't necessarily the same as they were then, but I think that um, he was a fantastic commissioner. I think what he did... For the game, if you watched it as long as I did and loved the NBA as much as I do, Mm -hmm. he really took the game from being (laughs) probably the fourth major sport in America and pushing it all the way to where it is now, where you can it's the second major sport in this country Uh, in the United States. mm -hmm. No, football's still king. Mm -hmm. Don't let no, 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 no people. Uh People love their football. You know how much you know people love their football, and this is why I stop people with this all the time. People love their football because all that crap and talk about how they weren't going to support the NFL with Kaepernick and these players taking the knee, they still back out there loving it, and people still love that NFL. Okay, That's it. Yo, you okay. You see, you're too much into NBA Twitter. That's not this. It's. I had this conversation with somebody who covers the NFL. I, look, it's cool. I mean. NFL still, still number one, man okay not in my book from, it's from, not number one to from me from september to like february sure i guess it's still it's still it's still number one it doesn't not matter in my book. anyway anyway
1: but the but davis third is the one who made that debatable yeah
0: you got to <laughs> you, you, you got to look it at, back you got to look at where the league was in the 80s knowing your history um well, before the, that, the stories go, of the, go to the, the NBA 70s. finals being on tape delay. Or tape delay. Let's go back to the late seventies NBA finals being on tape delay.
1: Which, if you're me, if you're someone from my generation, even someone from me. your generation, that's crazy to yeah. think about. Yeah, there's
0: nothing when I was growing up that was not on even tape just delay.
1: the NBA, fi- but like live sports the way we know it now. Imagine yeah.
0: it being on tape delay. What was it? Thirty something years ago. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Like I think you, it was in the early 1980s. You could like literally be on your block. Somebody could have went to the game, came back, told you about it, and you still hadn't seen it. <laughs> you <laughs> and know you what could. Say? And here's the thing: you couldn't.
1: There was no on-demand. No. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there was there was no YouTube. You're like yo man, This, this couldn't look was, up the dunk highlights. Dunk crazy. Yeah. And you're like be like, damn, I, gotta, dude, wait I, I, I gotta wait till 11 p.m. <laughs> after the local news just yeah. to watch. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: but David Stern helped institute change for all yeah, that Yeah, But
0: that's what it is And I mean obviously he got When he came and became commissioner mm-hmm. You know he had some stars He had Magic and Bird And, and then Jordan, Jordan who yeah. really took it And I really feel and like Isaiah too Isaiah too yeah. I really feel like Jordan He owes as much uh, Jordan is huge in what he did to the league And the two of them Jordan and Stern go hand in hand And yeah. always will go hand in hand Yeah, Because without Jordan you know, for what everybody else likes to say and whatever they want to say about Jordan, Jordan's dominance and what he did and David Stern's brilliance and vision to take that and market that Mm -hmm. and know that the league was going to be about stars, which if you really take it another level, really leads into players seeing that and then understanding player empowerment. That's a whole other level of thing that we can go to. So in some way, David Stern actually is responsible for that too. But I think the ability to market and promote the league outside of the United States, which Michael Jordan was a huge part of. When we we're gonna talk about this, I thought about being back in college and I thought about one of the most important books I read. I took this course in college called The History of Sports. And it was by my professor, I believe he's still still alive, Robert Ruck. He still lives in Pittsburgh mm. um, and it was a really good class that told you about like sports and history and globalization and marketing and race and how all this stuff is intertwined the way people may not want to look at it. And he gave me this, there was this book we had, and I had brought this book with me here. It's called Michael Jordan and a New Global Capitalism. It's by Walter Lefebvre Yo, this book talks a lot about Michael Jordan, but talks a lot about Stern and what Stern did in pushing Jordan and realizing the branding he had behind him. But also the other thing too was I think people sometimes leave out the dream team. Mm. Understanding that, after the '88 Olympics and the U.S. losing, saying yo, we're gonna we're gonna send these uh you know professional players to go play, knowing that was a fantastic marketing opportunity. Yeah. If you've ever watched any of the videos or I uh, was NBA TV did that special that documentary on the Dream Team a couple mm-hmm. years ago, did you, you ever see seen the USA Angola highlights? Oh. <laughs> Charles Barkley saying they need to eat something, which. is <laughs> Mad, disrespectful on so many levels. So many different levels of disrespectful. So Charles but but, but I do wish that that level of trash talk could still fly today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some of them be... Whatever. If it's long as you keep it a trash talk. Yeah. I don't think there needs to be violence in that No, space. no, 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 no. But There's that, a time and a place for that. That was huge marketing for the NBA. Those dudes were like rock stars over there. Yeah. And I actually talked to some people who I knew that worked for NBA Entertainment that shot some of that footage. And those guys were just huge over that that really globalized the game didn't other teams like you know
1: take pictures with players in the documentary yeah. and things like that and they yeah. were fans of them as well yo nobody they might have invented the selfie
0: yeah nobody <laughs> got to see the players like that on that stage that close yeah. i don't think because they understand. were just here yeah like that was stern's vision and yeah. wanting that and that helped grow the game you had players who were killing it overseas who could have played in the NBA became later like Arvina Sabonis, mm-hmm. um, Drazen Petrovic, yeah. um, right, rest in peace. So you had that, but that moment really is a stern moment. And mm-hmm. I think there's great things he did in growing the game, but like I said, promoting players like Michael Jordan, having them the teams do trips to China and different markets, which has become problematic for different reasons today, um... Mm-hmm. But that's really Stern's impact, man. You know, the thing I think people of my age that was interesting had a problem. This is back, and I'm forgetting the years, the early 2000s, escaped me right now. But when he introduced, instituted the dress code. Yeah. Because the NBA had two shifts. You know, back in the 80s, there was a drug coke problem that was going around. And they, they really tried to change the image that of that. That was Len Byers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Magic and Bird kind of helped with these positive players, happy, enjoying the game, playing hard. That kind of changed the image. But then when you got to the late 90s and early 2000s, the image was a little bit different, right? Hip-hop was now starting to become more mainstream. Yeah, hip-hop has a huge, huge role. Hip-hop was starting to become more mainstream. And at the same
1: time, Allen Iverson was born. And that was huge. Not Allen Iverson was literally born, but the star that was Allen Iverson where he came in, he automatically had the deadliest crossover. Everyone knows that he Yo. crossed Michael Jordan as a rookie, and then he showed up, he ended up having braids, tattoos, and now, really, really embodied clothes. hip-hop commercials
0: with Jadakiss, who was really big at that time and things of that nature. Yeah. I, to, to, to understand that best, you had to be my age at that time. You had to be mm. 14, 15, going through high school like I was at the time when Irison came on the scene to understand... For people like myself who loved hip hop, who dressed like Iverson. Yeah. I didn't well, have the core But role. here's the thing. We were, like us kids, we were doing
1: that too. Yeah. Because we're talking about remember, they made their first finals, what was it, ninety nine, two thousand? No, two thousand one. So it was two thousand one. Yeah. I was seven. My generation, like when we were kids or whatever, we would all like Alan Iverson was our guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he was the shortest dude on the court. He would cross people up. He had the tattoos. He in the loved sleeves. That. He's the he reason you love that. Isn't he the <laughs> like? I'm not even joking. Isn't he the reason that everyone
0: wears sleeves today? I mean, he's one. He's one of those. He's I one the first he was, players I could he think he was. He was one of the. He's the. He's the player
1: really that I think of when I see the shooter sleeve. He's the player that I think, I think of because yeah, he's the too. one that really popularized it. Well,
0: the, when you think about everything that came about. With Allen Iverson's embodiment, his stees, everything, yeah, and and how the league was changing around that, the younger players coming in out of high school, it was re- hip hop and the NBA were intertwined at that time. Oh, look yeah, go back and it still is. Go, it is. But yeah. go back and really look at those commercials, yeah, in the late '90s and the early 2000s, because that's when I really started being like, as a fan and kid from from Brooklyn, being like, oh shit, like, yo. This is really merging here Like I'm really yeah. seeing hip hop And I was seeing guys Jeticus like rapping on a Reebok yeah. commercial With Allen Iverson Dribbling the whole time Not saying a word Pharrell doing that Nike commercial Where they, the whole beat is with the balls Yeah And they're just They're making the beat to the ball And it's it was one of those There was one with Joe Budden And was it Vince Carter? Was
1: it Vince Carter Dribbling through like a Like a house and yeah, Not yeah, a house yeah. But like a block Where there's houses and stuff And I think Joe Budden's Rapping in the background Like these were all the commercials That I, I even remember Growing up on 2000, 2001, yeah. 2002, 2003 But now
0: what you gotta think about and this is what i think about as i get older (laughs) at that point the the executives of nba let's call it for what it is the white executives nba Mm -hmm. they didn't know what to do with that of course they were like they were like what they was like it it you really have to think about hip-hop and basketball at that time especially if you're talking 97 98 that is like jay-z shooting off into the, his ascension of you know multi-million dollar sales and Nas and DMX and these artists becoming really big and outcasts and all this stuff like really really big yeah and you know, it's intertwined with the NBA it's part of the culture you can't change any of this and they're like yo what do we do with this and going to the dress code that mm-hmm. was implemented
1: uh, according to Wikipedia which is always right I don't care what anybody says without Wikipedia <laughs> no. I don't get that degree alright wow <laughs> Wow. It's a joke. I'm joking, partially. October 17, 2005. Yeah, I remember Commissioner that. Commissioner Davis Stern. it was a little later than I thought. I thought it was in the earlier 2000s. No, I remember that. Uh, I
0: just graduated college. I remember that.
1: Commissioner Davis Stern, and I was 11. Uh, Commissioner okay. Davis Stern announced the implementation of a mandatory dress code for all NBA and NBA Development League players. That's mm-hmm. interesting because the D League wasn't even like what it is now, even, mm-hmm. at that time. Uh, this is especially noteworthy because the NBA became the first major professional sports league to implement such a rule, although the NHL rules state that a player is supposed to wear a jacket and a tie to games and on charters if not told otherwise by the head coach or general manager. The dress code went into effect at the start of the 5 season. At the time. Al was, Iverson was still still peak
0: Iverson yeah, at that point. So, At the time, I was not feeling David Stern on this one. And I still am not sure how I really feel about it today. I don't think my feelings are quite as harsh (laughs) as Mm. they were then. And
1: it's also worth noting, not to cut you off, but this was a year after the Pacers-Pistons brawl, which was one of the reasons. No,
0: that is absolutely worth noting, and I think that was a huge impact, and that is also part of the history. Um, David Stern acted, to his credit, acted swiftly on that Pistons-Pacers brawl, Malice at the Palace. For those who don't know, please look that fight up. It is... Wow. Although it, it aged,
1: it aged better than
0: people would, you know, want to acknowledge.
1: As we talk about this be- podcast,
0: I can't believe that happening happened. I remember where I was when that happened. I'm not
1: saying they should have punched the customers. It's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm just saying, what I really like dude, the Ron tess really deserve the rest of the season suspension. Like I know why you got to do it, but you know.
0: Yeah Those I, fans
1: weren't exactly Like completely innocent either
0: No no like, no no, no. Like, Ron Artest was just about. sitting there And somebody threw something <clears throat> at him Yeah And like no You cannot go so, and punch the you customers.
1: know what I did actually watch this again recently And what I thought was that Because what I remember was that Ron Artest was there And I remember somebody <laughs> Throwing something at him uh-huh. I had thought that he ran up And went to get somebody Like no The fans came onto the court
0: So I was like Oh wait a minute <laughs> He did step over the table to look to go to get somebody, but that ended up not happening yeah. because somebody else came to the side of him, if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah. And then do it. And then you have my man Steven Jackson was throwing
1: haymakers on dudes. Steven Jackson was also one of the critics of the dress code, along with Alan Iverson and Paul Pierce among well, them.
0: Well, and I want to go to that with Stern because at the time, and I think I speak for a lot of I don't to speak for everybody. I don't like speaking for everybody black. But I think a lot of younger black men that liked hip hop, that maybe wore dress baggy clothing and saw Alan Iverson and some of these dudes dressing in a certain way, they felt like that represented them. So I think when you had the dress code, it felt like an attack on us, the people who dress like that. Back when I dressed more in that baggy style of hip hop clothing, I felt kind of that way, like, yo, why is this happening? And you also have to remember that I also want to be what's worth, worth noting, Brian. It's not just the the Palace. There also was this stigma around certain players in the NBA. This was come off the late 90s when Isaiah Ryder was getting in a lot of trouble. Mm. You had the jailblazers. Mm. Um, so there was this stigma around yeah. NBA players just always getting in trouble, even though NFL players at the same time got a slap in the wrist and continue to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a lot of a lot of it. And so there was this fear from the NBA that white America was becoming afraid of the product and it was going down, especially after the success. Jordan had just retired, all this other stuff. They didn't want to lose a product and revert to where they were back in the 80s. So I think Stern felt like he had to do something. Here's what I will say as a more adult person. I think if your employer wants you to present yourself in a certain manner, they have a right to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, (laughs) they, They have a right to do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know you stand on this. <laughs> they have a right to do it. You have a right to not like it. I I like, there's a certain level of presentability that I think it was is required for certain things. I don't think everything fits under the same broad thing. So I felt the beginning of it, I think they had guys you had to wear like suits and ties and do that. I think where, and then you notice, it wasn't really that a force because people started like, is it still enforced? No, that's, what, and that's how I'm long going. did it last? I don't. It, that's I, what I'm trying that, to remember. That, that's why I think when you look at it, look back at it, and you really look at it with like, have some revisions history in this. It was kind of a appeasement thing to the customers that were concerned about the image. It was a big topic for like six months to a year of that following 2005 2006 season. And then if you notice, go back and watch over the years what happened. Yeah. Oh, somebody wore a blazer and then they wore like a T-shirt, and nobody said anything. Yeah. Somebody wore uh, a button-down and and some jeans. People wear and, hoodies under blazers now. Yeah, and nobody says nothing yeah. because it just evolved.
1: It and every, does everybody not look presentable? That's what I'm saying. It's like my my main thing is like, yo, I I I'm not telling people that ever that they should wear a suit and tie, or do whatever, whatever. Just don't look dirty. That, that's a, that's a fine code. I don't think you need to tell people you have to wear certain, you know, you have to wear a blazer and a jacket and this and that. Like, yeah, I think
0: no. I think it was too rigid. I think it wasn't as rigid as people thought it was. That's my point of what I'm saying. Stern maybe came down with this thing and made it seem like it was rigid, but when you really look at it and how it was pushed further and further, it was never really that rigid because players ended up doing what they wanted to do as long as they were presentable. And I think if you look at the way players present themselves in the league now, it's presentable. Now, some players actually might be doing too much in terms of fashion and certain things in the league yeah. at times, but it's, it's actually interesting and entertaining, and it's funny. I think what players flipped it into was like, okay, you're going to try to have these rules in us? All right, well, we're going to try to come to these games as stylish as possible yeah. and express ourselves in our own way, and they still took back the power in it, so kudos to the players. And obviously the other thing is in a mostly black league, if you're telling them to dress a certain way,
1: there's some underlying information yeah, saying, there.
0: Well, that's, that was – I think that's how – what I was saying, how I felt and a lot of other uh, black people felt in it too was like there was underlying things there that you weren't going to see happen in baseball, that you weren't even seeing happen in the NFL. And I think that's what annoyed people. It's like – and the league had become so hip-hop and it was like a a, a stance against black people and hip-hop culture and I felt angry about that at the time. So at the time, I kind of was like, yo, you ain't messing with David Stern. Yeah. You know what I mean? like. And I think that's real to look at. And I think a lot of players that you talk to, Stephen Jackson somebody at the time, they mm-hmm. would agree with that. They would say that at the time because they felt it was an attack on that. And I think you can't. What I didn't like about the NBA was kind of hypocritical to me at the time was, oh, you were going to embrace the hip-hop culture and things that came around it for the game, but you're not going to be all the way in it and say that people can't dress a certain way. Yeah. And I do think that was kind of messed up. I think there was a way they could have came at it and got to where we are today <laughs> with the way people dress yeah. without it seeming like they were attacking the culture or a specific group of people. With that being said, David Stern was a perfect. David Stern was a great, great uh, leader for the NBA, did a lot of good things definitely empowered Adam Silver to do the things he did. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe the best commissioner in sports history. I would, would say. I would agree with that, but I'm such a big fan of the NBA. I might be biased.
1: And I find it interesting, like just the, just the general, you know, everyone's sort of sharing their thoughts and their experiences with him. That's kind of what a lot of these pieces have been. Uh, Howard Beck wrote a really good one at Bleacher Report, just his, about his encounters with David Stern. And everyone sort of talks about just how that last name is so fitting just How he would, you know, sort of go back and forth with people and always sort of have the players in mind, right? And I think that's an admirable quality to have because he's somebody who always, like, at the end of the day, he stuck
0: up for the players. And not all commissioners
1: seem to do that
0: in our major sports. I agree with that. And I think the one thing he understood to put a bonus is I think he understood that it's a players' league, yeah, yeah, we need the owner's money. And but he really sold the owners in the fact that it's like, yo, y'all ain't gonna get this money or the valuation of your teams won't rise unless you have these players. And I think that's the genius. Stern understood that probably better than any other owner in any other league. And I wonder how much you will never know this, but I'm sure other people have talked about it. He looked around at the other leagues. He looked at baseball. He looked at football. And football is a really hard sport to market your players. But he said, this is something we can do because of the nature of our sport. Yeah. Five guys on the court, the superstars really drive the league. If we drive these players, it's going to drive the money up. And it did. Look! Look at what teams were going for in the early '80s to what they're valued at now. Yeah, like I think teams, like you could get a team NBA team the average NBA team was like one and a half million dollars. Yeah, do you realize like a player making the the mid level <laughs> exception could could have bought an NBA team in the '80s? Yeah, like that's crazy, right? So like now you got teams. What's that? What teams are the Knicks could go for four billion dollars? Yeah, the Clippers were sold years, years back ago from Sterling for two point. Whatever billion dollars. Yeah. I think that's close like to the average now for every team. So it's it's crazy.
1: Who's the next team that's gonna be sold? Maybe the Pelicans? And they're gonna probably be what? 1.5, 2 billion? Yeah.
0: That's it's that's (laughs) that's that's that's, it's it's insane growth, but it's also he did understand that the players and I think he understands that, and I think the, the great legacy he left is that Adam Silver understands that Yeah, and his understanding to empower the players. Now, we'll see how all that goes the next time they have labor agreements, but,
1: yeah. you know. But, but David Cern also understood, like, he he's one of the commissioners who, for his league, more so than Major League Baseball, more so than the NFL, they saw where the NBA could capitalize on things digitally. They were early that on was, that. Yes, they were. And there was a flawless transition for them, and now you're seeing that, at least on social media, they're bigger than pr- pretty much every other league that's around, except
0: maybe like EPL worldwide.
1: Yeah, they, <laughs> because they, soccer's huge. I
0: think because they share that they share that the, because of the sharing of the highlights. I think that's been huge. Um, but he
1: saw he saw ahead of time how the NBA could sort of, um, I guess, benefit from that and sort of, I guess, tell the story of the league in those different ways before other leagues saw it, and we're seeing it manifest itself now.
0: Great man, great leader. Rest in peace, David Stern. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash A-H-T-T. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. The first round of all-star ballot voting has come out. First of all, you know what I'm starting to notice, man. As time goes on and on and on, and some of it is just getting older. So I take all that into it and in stride. But you're not even old though. No, but I've been watching the NBA for since I was seven. Okay, I've been Sh- watching I'm, this for almost you, thirty. years. I'm just saying,
1: like you, you, you don't need to like refer to yourself. As, Vince Carter got years on you, bro. I'm not like. old.
0: I don't feel old, <laughs> but I've been watching the NBA for almost thirty years. Okay. Right. Yeah. So watch a lot. Yeah. The last couple years I used to still do maybe like vote for an all star team still a couple of years ago. I, do, I don't remember the last time I did an all star vote. You okay in your chair over there?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to like You're trying not to be short? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: sit down a little too far. <laughs>
0: oh, like
1: I, 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 I put I put in a dummy ballot every year. Like I don't put my actual votes really. But like yeah, I haven't like, done that in a while. Like I voted for Vince Carter, Rashawn Holmes, just players I like that, you know, aren't gonna get in. Just you know, why not?
0: See, you might be part of the problem that no, we're gonna get into <laughs> it. You might be part of the problem. Only
1: the one ballot. I was like, why not? Although I think I do want to see Vince Carter in the all-star game.
0: Uh, can we stop voting for players that we might like that don't get in, that don't deserve it?
1: Not look, I'm only doing it one time and one time only. It doesn't
0: mm, matter. You're part of the problem. No, I'm not. You are part I'm of really the not. I'm really not. I agree with you on what the problem is. You are the way But you've done it. So you are part of the problem.
1: One time?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And all the other people that did it one time, the thousands of people that did it one time, they're like, yeah, but I just did it one time. All y'all are part of the problem.
1: No. I exclude myself from that. We'll
0: get to the problem that we're talking about. (laughs) I haven't really voted for All-Star Vote in in quite a while. But I'm starting to think, we saw the first round of votes come in. And I'm going to tell y'all what disgusted me.
1: Wait, can I tell you real quick? Go ahead. Do you remember- do you remember going to games and actually getting yes. physical ballet and yes. punching those out? Because yes. I remember
0: doing that. Yes, I remember doing that. <laughs> I'm old enough to remember doing it. More so in baseball than anything because I used to just, you know, that was, I could also afford that. It was easier to go to Mets games because Mets was so bad when I was a kid. Oh, my brother was Net season ticket holder. Um,
1: I used to get excited around all-star season. I would get a ballet. I was like, yo, I get to punch these holes. Just bing, 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 bing. Oh, man. Not do, 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 Yeah, whatever. Okay. 2005, 2006, to try to send Brevin Knight to, to the All Star game. You've
0: been part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo. Brevin Knight was a good player. <laughs> was he an All Star? To me. <laughs> okay. No, he wasn't really. Here's
1: the Shout pro- out Brevin Knight. Bre- I want to interview him.
0: <laughs> also, got I've mean, got to reach out to his brothers now, coaching at Rutgers, who uh, went to pit with me. Um, here's my problem, folks. <laughs> And Brian is a part of this problem. He was one of the league leaders uh, in assists and steals for stop two it. straight years. Stop it. <laughs> Please stop. Please stop. So, all star first wave of all star voting <laughs> returns have come out. I mean, most of the stuff is good. Most of the stuff is what you would expect. However, there are some fools, and I'm calling them fools out there doing <laughs> some nonsense. Just absolute nonsense. In front court voting for the Eastern Conference. I'm gonna read this in order. And you and you just this is where it gets crazy. Mm-hmm. Number one, Giannis, Chris Good. Good. Two, Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Both definitely all-stars. Yes. Three, Pascal Siakam. Definitely all-star to me this year. Four, Jimmy Butler. Definitely all-star to me this year. Pascal Siakam's injured right now, still? Yes. Mm. Five, Jason Tatum. Definitely deserves to be considered. Number six. On the team, same team as Jason Tatum. No, 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 no. Sorry, folks. Not Jalen Brown and not because he should be there because he's actually in the guard position to be voted for. But it's a person who has played a grand total of 11 minutes this season. <laughs> 11 minutes I thought you were going to say 11 games. Season. I was like, wait, where did I miss? Because I only seen him like once or twice. 11 minutes. Taco Fall. Why? Because some people like Brian. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> like like Brian did when he was voting for Brevin Knight, although Brevin Knight was, had much more of a case we voted for than Taco <laughs> Fall. I would note that. He was the so, original Charlotte Bobcat point guard. <laughs> oh, and that's worthy to be an all-star. Okay. So some people are like, Taco Fall, how tall is Taco Fall again? Seven, seven foot 12. Whatever. <laughs> seven seven or whatever he is. And he's, you know, Fan favorite, people like him, they want to see him get in the game. Although, again, please can I repeat, he's played 11 minutes this season. He had 23 and 19 in the G League the other day. Yo, when you play 11 minutes this season, and now we do things digitally, and you don't have to punch anything or write it in, you shouldn't even be allowed to be put on the ballot.
1: Well, that's the thing, too. I agree. I, I, that, I noticed that when looking at the All-Star ballot, I was like, why is this person here? Why is this person here? Why is this person here? Like, for example, I think you can remove Steph Curry. I don't think he should be there. He played, like, a few games, and he got hurt. I don't think he needs to be there. We're going to get to Steph Curry in a I agree. Bit. But I think what, like, players that are obvious, DeAndre Bembry shouldn't be on an all-star ballot. You know what I mean? Not to single out DeAndre Bembry. Fine player. he's not an all-star I agree like if Brevin Knight wasn't there back in the day you think I would have voted for him no I probably would have voted for Vince Carter and Jason Kidd or
0: something here's the thing see what you're doing there is you're saying because he was there you voted with him you were old enough and smart enough to know better to not vote for him I was like 11 years old Yeah, and and you know what (laughs) there are people who are much older than 11 years old who can't understand a taco fall played 11 damn minutes I I had like an 80 average in the 5th grade at that year smart enough to know better And hey, people, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Because how do you know <laughs> not to vote for Taco Fall? Seven was Bam at a
1: bio. How is he behind Taco Fall? Because <laughs> foolishness. Well, I also think there's a deeper thing where, like, unfortunately, like there there is a racist component to this as well because, between
0: Taco Fall and Bam at a bio. No,
1: between Taco Fall getting the popularity that he does. Why? Because people are fascinated by the big black man in a way that they kind of are.
0: There's a bunch of big black men in the NBA. No, the, bi- the,
1: big, the big one, like the abnormally big one. And they want to see him and they cheer for him in ways that could be problematic just uh, subconsciously. Do you remember when me and Gerard were talking about the whole zoo animal component to this? And that's yes. probably what they see him as, which is unfortunate. Also. You know
0: what? No, 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 no. no. Everything you say there is is, is definitely valid. And definitely not crazy. Do you remember the
1: giant and Gonzalez? I yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I, there is some rooting for the caricature. Yeah. Uh I hate to use the term zoo animal because we are not calling Taco Fall a zoo animal. But what I think what Brian is saying to maybe clean it up a little bit. Not that you said anything bad. No. To maybe make it more little more understandable is the spectators. It's like seeing the freak at the circus show. Exactly. Right. Um, the, excuse me. Or, or the, yeah. Freak at the circus show, right? Or freak show, whatever. Yeah. Um, behind the curtain, that's kind of the the thing that you they're have like, in, oh,
1: I want to see him block shots and run I around like and all that kind of I, stuff. I don't, it's
0: mostly white people that are at these games. He's a Celtic, especially in Boston. I, that's a good. <laughs> it's. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. I don't think. You remember Kenny George? Crazy? Yeah, I don't like, think any of that is crazy. Um, now let's let's flip that to the to the Western Conference where, the, where people, people weren't
1: fascinated by Sean Bradley in the same way. That's all I'm saying. Seven yeah. is Ben Metapio. That's a great point. Eight, <laughs> Gordon Hayward. Nine Andre Drummond, ten
0: Demondus Sabonis. Let's hold. Let's hold off on getting through this. I want to go to Western Conference real quick because oh no guards. No, no 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 on. We'll come back. We'll come back to that. In the Western Conference, in the guard spot. Oh, (laughs) you guys. There is a
1: white person that fascinates people. (laughs) You guys did it again.
0: You guys. Yeah, your peoples.
1: This this dude is
0: famous on NBA Twitter. And and here's the thing. I like this guy because he he plays he gets minutes and he's a really good role player okay i like him really good as a stretch no he's a very good role player okay he's a very good role player he's cool for what he does in his role very good he's a definitely position.
1: superseded my expectations because he averaged like nine points a game in college
0: well i mean people love that too they watch the nba the guy that looks like him. That superseded the expectations. Oh, you, you ever you ever watch you ever watch like Philly games? Oh, I thought you were going to say. Do ago? you remember
1: Aaron Kraft? I thought that's where no, you no, were going. No, no, right no. right.
0: <laughs> you watch Philly games two seasons ago, and you look in the stands and you see like, oh, I see, you know, some people got some Embiid jerseys, some people got some Ben Simmons jerseys, mm-hmm. and I feel like the third most popular jersey. And this is before Jimmy Butler came. It's like T.J. McConnell. Oh, of course. Oh, come on, come on. <laughs> like, and he's in Indiana now. You think there ain't no T.J. McConnell jerseys at the Pacers? I mean, there are, but like, if you were, especially them
1: Hickory ones from that overrated movie if Hoosiers. You, if you're
0: Jesus. if you're Philly, like if you're Philly, who's buying it, who's buying a kid a T.J. McConnell jersey? White people. No, no. no. <laughs> Don't you want your kid to be aligned with like a star?
1: Not if you're white, because then you could, oh, this this guy looks like you, and he made it to the NBA, so I they mean, can be your favorite I player. Know, yo, here's the thing. No, I'm legitimately, I'm not, like, no, I'm giving my kid a nah, J.J. Barea jersey in the f- future. If but, I have a kid, but J. J. I don't want to have one J. right J. now. J. But, you know. but
0: J.J. Barea is actually, like, pretty damn good. And he's won a championship. Yeah. You can hang your head on that. You, you yeah, can that's the thing. I, told, I
1: told you, you could, put him, you could put him up there with, like, Felix Trinidad, Miguel Cotto as one of the great Puerto Rican athletes ever.
0: I mean, are you putting excuse me
1: he won an NBA championship and was intru- instrumental in that championship are you putting uh
0: are we putting TJ McConnell up there with the great white athletes ever no he's no. not Larry Bird exactly so why you got his jersey on people I'm just I'm I look look I, look let me say I'm this. not talking for me let me say this <laughs> I understand. The need to want to see yourself. If I well, completely give I,
1: him, give him a Luka Doncic jersey. That's what I'm saying. And he's number one. He's killing it in West Coast guard voting. Now, he's actually number one in all voting. Can we please? Is interesting. Can
0: we please go down this 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 voting?
1: James You're Harden is second after Luka Doncic. Real quick, what do you make of Luka being number one overall?
0: All right, international in voting. Vo- international voting strong, man. Same same thing for Giannis.
1: Or as Bill Roden said when we were on uh, the Bros Pod, uh, international code word for white. <laughs> <laughs> He's right, though.
0: Uh, Except I love Luca, right? Like, Luca's my I guy. Look, but so, here's the yeah. thing
1: Luca cold, bro. Like, he he's cold. He's an MVP candidate, legit. Yeah. He's an MVP candidate. But I also get what he's saying. Luca, one. James Harden, two. Damian Lillard, three. Fine with all that. Man, I wish Portland was better. Uh, Steph Curry, four. I have a problem with that. Russell Westbrook, five. And I think he might get in, but I don't think he's an all star this year. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, six. Look, he is popular. His numbers are actually pretty good this year, but Golden State is bad. He should not be an All-Star this year. 7 Donovan Mitchell, I think he should get in. 8 Alex Caruso, which is who we were talking about before.
0: Somebody you would vote for?
1: No, I'm yes, not I'm would. not I'm not. Why I, you
0: voted for Brevin Knight? Why would you not vote for Alex?
1: Caruso? Brevin Knight is more identifiable with me. Brevin Knight was 5 foot 10, maybe. So this guy's short too. Alex Carlos was like 6'5", isn't he? he? 6'5"? 6'5", 6'3", something like that. And he's athletic. I wasn't, like, mad athletic. Brevin Knight would get steals. He was a hound defensively. One of the best passers in the NBA. I would, to be
0: honest with you on this, straight up, your vote was stupid. (laughs) I was 11 years old! (laughs) You (laughs) you were stupid. I was 11 11 years old. (laughs) old. And then the
1: Bobcats chose Raymond Felton over Brevin Knight.
0: Got it. That is arguably your second worst choice at that around that age after going to Uba Duba, <laughs> 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 and, not, and not questioning it.
1: Go to episode. What was that? Fifty three. <coughs> Jesus, that was half of half of H T T podcast history ago. Alex Caruso. Uh, uh, Alex Caruso eight. Devin Booker nine. Who had thirty eight against the Knicks recently? Jesus. Ten. John ja Morant. Which I understand because of popularity, but John Moran's
0: not an all star yet. The, p- the point is to all you people out there, to those of you who voted for Reverend Knight, as Brian did way back in day, <laughs> no one if, did. If you voted,
1: <laughs> see, but that's what all these other people did. It was me, uh, I... it was me and 1,500 people
0: from Charlotte. What does it take? What is the mindset of the person like yourself and these other folks who sit there? Have the ballot in front of them. Say, "Hey, I want to see." People want to see who they want to see. You want it? No, you should want to see the best <laughs> players or the most. I kind of get the most exciting players. I get that. What's exciting about Taco Falls? Eleven minutes.
1: Again, people want to see the seven for seven guy go out, get out there and do stuff.
0: He doesn't play. People, people. Part of being see an all star means you
1: play. Here's the thing: the, in the NBA, the NBA shouldn't put him on the ballot. He shouldn't be there. I agree with that. You shouldn't too. allow all players to be there. But yeah, but but it should every team? Every team shouldn't even have the same number of players because with Cl- with the Clippers, with the Clippers for example, there should only be four guys on the ballot: Kawhi, Paul George, Lou Williams, and uh, Montres Harrell. That's it. If I'm Charlotte, I'm putting one, maybe two people on a ballot: Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham. That's it. You know what I mean? I don't even think every team should have every player. That's co- that's part of the problem too. Like if-, if it's obvious that this person should not be an All
0: Star, they shouldn't be there. And then you don't have 11-year-old Brian voted for Brevin Knight in 2005. Now, see, the problem The problem is you, <laughs> you can say that about being 11 years old, and that's fair. I think that the the shame of this is there's people way too old that are more old, well, older than yes. 11 yes. that are doing this. Yes. And that is part of the problem. And if you don't have the sense to sit there and say Taco Fall is not an all-star, yeah, Taco Fall and all-star don't go together. And that's no disrespect to Taco Fall. Maybe he is an all-star one day. Right now he's not. Slash
1: also um, – Fans should not have fifty percent. Uh, yes, votes. I agree. I think fans should make up ten percent. You say twenty five. I, I say, say twenty five. I think you're a I little bit
0: harsh with ten. The game is still for the fans. I just here's the thing: when it comes down to fans, I don't trust you. Don't trust you. I don't trust you because there, there are probably too many kids voting. There are too many eleven year old brines voting, doing nonsense. Remember when? Remember when Alan Iverson was holding them back? When I was the day, eleven years play? old, I never did anything that stupid in terms of fan voting. I never did that. Who were you going to vote for in 1994? Yeah, like in oh, 1994. 1994, Dexter was going to say, oh, man, you know what? I really like how Doc Rivers plays on this. I'm going <laughs> to vote for him. No, I wasn't doing that. Brevin Knight is better than Doc Rivers. Yeah, uh, <laughs> That's arguable. Well, Brevin Knight Which in 05
1: was, was better than Doc Rivers in 94.
0: <laughs> I'm not so sure. Who
1: were you going to vote for, Tony Campbell?
0: No. He averaged 20 points a
1: couple seasons. I remember I told you I played against his team when he coached at Bay Ridge. I don't even know if he's still there, but.
0: The point is, <laughs> I wasn't doing this nonsense. And you know what I think? I do think it's something that's generational. I think but, but voting he, on the internet actually allows you to do more of this nonsense because people get a thrill out of saying, ha-ha, yeah. look, I got Taco Fall 6. He could possibly be an all-star. I got Oh, but Muto that's the eight. thing.
1: Now that we see this. It's gonna just amplify now. More people are gonna vote for Alice Caruso and Taco The People not, that shouldn't be there. See,
0: I'm not. See, I'm not so sure because you know what we're gonna do here on the A Tell podcast. We are starting a campaign. <laughs> hey, rational people of NBA Twitter, rational voters, stop this nonsense. Let's bring order back to the fan voting and let's get the numbers of Taco Fallon. I sounds like I'm hating on Taco Fall and Alex Caruso, but whatever y'all want to think is whatever y'all want to think. Let's get the numbers of these dudes down. Okay, let's get him down. I think it all works out in the end. Taco falls not gonna make it. Alex Caruso, you like? No. I think it could go the other way. I'm very skeptical. <laughs> really, really? I'm skeptical. Go I think, ahead, tell me why. I think I, I, because,
1: because you have that, no faith in humanity. <laughs> listen, from a fellow former anarchist. I see these things, and I know that people just want to start trouble. Like I know that people are like, oh, wait. Taco Fall is is 200-something thousand behind Jason Tatum. Let's ramp those votes up. We need to do more.
0: Yeah, y'all are corny.
1: All he needs to do is get in the top three.
0: <laughs> y'all are so corny. You anarchist. That's, that's what you call those people? Yeah, and they're kid, just starting a, fires. That's what you, want. Alex
1: Caruso, is one hundred and ten thousand votes behind Damian Lillard as of this poll. That's not he could get. You know what I mean? Like, yo, do the right thing. Although I don't think Alex Caruso is going to get in the top two guards. So he's so far away from James Harden, it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be James Harden and Luca. We don't have to worry about that. And Taco Fall, I don't, I don't seriously think he's going to get a lot of the, the votes enough to be in the top three for the front court. But. He could make a jump from six to like five. Hey Boston, y'all corny. You think like here's the thing. Here's the thing though. You talk about fans wanting to see what they want to see. If you poll people, not basketball people, just casual NBA fans who want the spectacle, quote unquote. Who would you rather see between Taco Fall and Jimmy Butler? They're gonna say Taco Fall. And they're stupid, but they're gonna say Taco Fall.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm concerned, man. I'm so concerned. <laughs> So I'm
1: mean, just saying, like, but why? this is why it doesn't surprise me that 11 year old Dexter and 11 year old Brian would do two different things. Because in my head, I kind of got the evil laugh. <laughs> what can I do to sort of put Reverend Knight into the All Star game? And 11 year old Dexter's a little more relaxed. Like, yo, you know what I'm saying? I want to see Like, 11 year old Dexter's sneaking playing Illmatic in his crib. That's your level of problematic with me. Yeah, I'm trying to my, mess- That was my level of yeah, problematic. With you, that with, with me, I'm like, hmm, I'm trying to mess up some All Star ballots. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That was so corny. <laughs> You guys used you help. Eleven all years this. old. No, me back in. the... Oh, so this is this is the credit that I get. Yes, this is the credit that yes. I get. It's not side hustle. and going you. out no, no, and you. trying to get my, my 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 project nominated in film festivals and doing things in a different you way than other people. It's actually sparking a generation yes. of fellow people of who losers. would have voted for Brevin Knight back in the day yes. and are now voting for Taco Fall and Alex Caruso. And even
0: more <laughs> empowered because of social media, because of people like you. Blame. Bre- they
1: want to see things burn. But I do think that fans should only have 10% of the votes. That's just me. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you what. I'm getting closer to agreeing with that 10% because of people like you. <laughs> uh,
1: now let's get into who we think should actually be in the All-Star game. Not so, Taco Fall. <laughs> uh, let's start with the Eastern Conference. So to recap, the ten front court players in the top ten in voting, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Taco Fall, Bam Adebayo, Gordon Hayward, Andre Drummond, DeMontis Sabonis. For the uh let's you wanna do six and six, five and seven, how you wanna do it?
0: Um, let's do six and six. Let's just
1: do six and six for now. Giannis, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Jimmy Butler. We agree on Bam that. Adebayo. We agree. Damonus Sabonis.
0: Yep, we we have, we we agree on this. That's 6. That's okay. my 6. That's 6. And uh, for the guards. You want to make a case, you want to tell me so, look,
1: Drummond has a case. Let me also but his team me, should be better.
0: Yeah, and I say no. Tatum has a case. Um not let, over one of his teammates. Let me say this. Every year we do not have to go through, oh, my God, somebody got snubbed. That's coming in a couple weeks, and I can't stand that. It's going to happen. Somebody gets snubbed every year. Get over it. Let's, you know who I hope gets snubbed? You know what I hope happens? I hope Taco Fall finishes <laughs> fourth, and he misses it by, like, 2,000 votes. I hope that happens. I really hope that happens for two reasons. One, so all you people who voted for him, anarchists, feel stupid. And secondly, the league can realize how much of a problem this is, and they need to get the voting of the fans down to about 25% at a minimum. Guards, top
1: 10. Trey Young, number one. That tells me he's probably going to get the votes to get in, and I don't think he's an all-star.
0: But he's exciting.
1: Well, I mean, not that I don't think he's an all-star. I don't think he should be voted in as a starter.
0: Yes, yeah, he my, also
1: might not be an all star depending on how I, you feel. I
0: think though. you could argue he's a, a fringe guy to get in, but see the fans like excitement and they want to see a guy who shoots like he does get in in a backcourt. I, so I understand it. That. If that's I don't fans, care what the fans. Want. I'm not. I'm not as. I do, <laughs> I'm
1: talking about who deserves to be in all I do the to
0: some game. degree because it's not a perfect science. But this is probably why the fans should have less of the boat. It still supports that point. I'm not as mad as Trey Young, but, but this is something it, though, that
1: people go off of. It. Like at the end of the year, people at the end of people's careers, they're going to say this person made X amount of All Star games. This person made X amount. Jamal McGlure has an All Star uh, uh, game under his belt. Roy Hibbert has two. You know, people are going to judge you based on that. Well,
0: you know, no, no, I think you make a great point there. To, in all seriousness, that this these are things that actually affect people kind of matter affects people's history contracts money money yeah, yeah, yeah. like like we're actually talking there's about, there's stuff that incentivizes in people's
1: contracts so, to make all stars. so games. in
0: all seriousness like just going back to the as Russo and, and taco fault thing when you play around with stuff like this when you're acting like 11 year old brian you're messing with people's money <laughs> they didn't really cry cool. over this yeah you're messing with people's money man it's not it's not cool that that's that's real talk like that's Seriously, seriously. That like the the, yeah. the difference is the margins are that slim. Yeah. You're messing with people's money by somebody starting who might not actually deserve it. I'm not as Trey Young, it's not like he's not all star caliber, so I'm not that as upset about it. But the point's well. All star starters should not be coming from one of the worst teams in the NBA.
1: That's that's just me. Um Trey Young one. Kyrie Irving two. We don't even have to talk about why Kyrie Irving's not an all star this year.
0: He hasn't played enough. Yeah, like
1: he's played legit, I think. 33% of the games, maybe even less now because, you know, it's they keep
0: playing games. Could be worse. He could have only played 11 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're, you're good at this. <laughs> could be worse. Three, Kemba Walker.
1: Four, Derrick Rose. Now, here's the thing. I was against this a little bit more. I've eased up slightly in the fans' favor on this. The All-Star Games of Chicago, Derrick Rose. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I, yeah, he shouldn't be. An, I don't think he's an all star. I don't have a problem with the votes coming the, the, in. For the options, the actually. options
0: for guards in the East, also not that great. That well, the,
1: well, here's that. the thing. Like, does Derrick Rose? All right, does Derrick Rose have an all star case? He's I, playing well, but not all star. I don't know if he's all star worthy, but he is playing. Look, he's is he averaging 16 points? 17, 16.7, so about 17 points a game. Uh, about six assists. You know that's all star ish, and he's forty eight percent from the field. Granted, I mean Detroit hasn't been very good, but he's been their second best player for most of the season after Andre Drummond. Derek Rose has been
0: a nice turnaround story. I've always liked Derrick. He's Rose. also coming
1: off the bench, so again he'll he'll get six man of the year consideration, I suppose.
0: Yeah, but um, not an all star
1: not an all star, but he, he that's that's one it, between him, Addis Caruso, Taco Fall. Derek Rose gets voted it. I'll be like, you know what, that'd be cool.
0: No, I don't cool. think Derek Rose should be mentioned in the same sentence. Breath yeah, t- but he's not,
1: not an before. all-star, but he's fourth. Zach Levine, five. No.
0: Not an all-star.
1: Uh, ben Simmons, six. My book,
0: not an all-star. Great
1: game against Houston the other day. No, not an all-star.
0: Still won't shoot outside of three feet. Don't care.
1: When he t- he's taken five threes this year, the Sixers are four and one in games that he takes a three. Two and zero when he makes one.
0: Really? Just saying. Really, that's the stat we're going very, to. Very, very that small sample size. He should shoot more for three. I don't even care about taking the threes. How about just shooting outside of three to five feet? Yeah. How about that?
1: Yeah, bring mid-range basketball back. Make mid-range basketball great again.
0: <laughs> Make uh, shooting, just taking shots, great again.
1: Yeah, I don't want to see just threes and layups all day. That gets kind of boring. Um, seven, Jalen Brown, after Ben Simmons,
0: who's more of an All Star than the last four, three people we mentioned.
1: Kyle Lowry, eight.
0: Definitely making more of an all-star case and probably should get in.
1: Bradley Beal, 9. 10. Spencer Dinwiddie.
0: More of an all-star than the people we mentioned from four If I six. have to
1: take six, you know what? I'm taking seven front court players because I'm adding in Andre Drummond because the guard options are just not great.
0: That's fine.
1: I'm taking five guards. And my five guards are going to be Kemba Walker as a starter. Wow. Jalen Brown. Kyle Lowry is my other starter. So Kemba and Kyle Lowry. Then Jalen Brown. Kyle Lowry's missed a few games, but it's only been a few. He's He's been really really good since he came out. I thought last year was the beginning of maybe his decline because he is older and he has played since the 06 draft, but nah, man. This is one of his best seasons in a a little while. Kemba Walker, Kyle Lowry, Jalen Brown, Spencer Dinwiddie, and whoever has the most wins, as I wrote on Twitter, between Bradley Beal and Trey Young and I'm fine in a few with, weeks from
0: now. I'm okay with it. I know that. Trey,
1: someone brought up the point, a couple of people brought up this point, that Trey Young's numbers might be too good to ignore, and I agree. But also, here's the thing, situation matters, and he has nobody else on that team who's going to put up numbers. On bad teams, somebody's got to get those numbers. And he has all the usage rate. He has the ball in his hands all the time. I almost expect him to get 28-8. and eight. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, but It's, I mean, still it's not out. like
0: he's shooting 50% from the field either. I mean, he still has to go out and do it. I mean, Bradley Beal's kind of in the same situation. Yeah, um, but they have more wins. They have more wins. So They're that's really... why I
1: said whoever whoever has the most wins, I'll just take them.
0: I'll just take them at that I, point. I do, see, what I think is, while I agree with your choices, I do think Simmons will get in because mm. people like Simmons and like his rebounding and defense. And he is fantastic defensively, but I just still hate the fact that he can't shoot. We'll get more in another podcast about my – Real annoyance with Philadelphia overall. Oh, but, we might.
1: We'll probably do that next week to be honest. okay, but uh, yeah. Western that... Conference. Ready? Front where, court, where
0: things are much better. Front court,
1: front court, front court. Uh, the top four in votes LeBron, AD, Kawhi, Paul, George, all Los Angeles, all in. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns, five, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, six, Jokic, seven, who's picking it up, eight, Carmelo Anthony. I mean. <laughs> He's not an all star necessarily, but I, I understand why people want to see him. Eleven year old Brian will vote for him. Nine, Brandon Ingram. And ten, Dwight Howard. That's interesting. But I think I think that's Laker fans. Oh yeah, your twin. I think that's Laker fans just coming out and showing out for somebody who's they're just buying into the narrative and the story, and it's been a great story. And Dwight Howard's been an excellent role player for them for most but of the But he's not an all star. No.
0: Now, now I mean if they were center options, which I'm not a fan they got rid of center. Uh I've never been a fan of that. Anthony
1: Davis would be categorized as a center to me even though he's not really playing center, but I mean yep. um, Cuz I'm not
0: putting cards. They got I think over. the fans actually got most of this right. Um I'm going I'm, LeBron,
1: AD, Kawhi, Paul, George. I'm gonna start off with six. Those four, Jokic five. Conley down six. Sure. Yeah. KP I'm not I'm not I'm not I don't love that. But he no, nah, he's been great. He's
0: been great. KP might get it because he's on a better team, and he started to round into form. But kat has been re- his numbers are really, really good. I'm taking Cat over KP. I would right now too. Yeah, I think KP next year will probably definitely get it in the way he's starting to play with Luca and gets healthy. But
1: though yeah. that could shift. I mean, over the next few weeks, Car Towns Ooh, no. is out right now. I don't and know how long. And, that's and going they've to lost
0: now. a lot of like thirteen out of the last sixteen or something. So we'll see. Yeah. On the guards, Doncic, Harden, Lillard. Curry, this is an the order, Westbrook, Russell, Donovan Mitchell, Caruso, who we mentioned before, Devin Booker, Jaren Morant. I think and Harden, locks to start. The fans yeah. actually got it right. Yeah. They will. Uh, Lillard will get in. Yes. Fantastic season. Yes. Curry is not playing. Doesn't matter. Westbrook, I think, will probably be the last guard that gets chosen. He's up there for that. I think the guard I'd select before him to be a reserve is Donovan Mitchell, who's mm-hmm. down to seven. I think... So that's what we're we talking about. Um, that's five. We we have we need six. I think the last spot goes between Westbrook and Devin Booker. Right now, um, Westbrook has not shot the ball that well. He start had a little stretch in the last couple of weeks where it's been better. Um, has been attacking a little bit better. I would give it to Booker. I think he's been more consistent all season long. I agree. Um, he had a really good impact with Phoenix to start, even though they've cooled off i will give it to Booker for his first first, all star nod. I just the eye test just testing me and what I look at, he's more of an all-star so, than Westbrook. So right front of.
1: court, we agree. LeBron A. D. Kawhi, Paul George, Carl, Anthony Towns, Jokic, and guards, we agree. Doncic, Harden, Donovan Mitchell, Dame, yeah. Booker, Chris Paul.
0: Oh, I forgot about that. The last Did you put quarter. him
1: there. Shea gilgis Alexander? <clears throat>
0: I go with Chris Paul. I want to see Chris Paul getting I, I think I'm going to go with Chris Paul.
1: I am I think I'm going with somebody from Oklahoma City. And, it, it, look, not for nothing, he's not going to get into the All-Star game. Quietly, though. Quietly. Dennis Schroeder. He is having a good season.
0: Yeah, off the bench. He'll get quietly. some six-man-a-year six consideration. But
1: um um, I, I, Chris Paul or Dennis, or, or, or Shea just Alexander should get that six spot for me over over Russell Westbrook.
0: You know who's probably you know who we're forgetting about in the front court. And if you took one guard and went with this guy, I mean Rudy Gobert probably didn't even get voted in the top. Probably deserve yeah. some nods too. Has not been as efficient Has around not, the rim yeah. as he was the last couple. Which of years Which sucks ago.
1: because he could have gotten in before. Like last year, I thought he should have gotten in the year before you. Co- How is the like? We're so offensively. Just driven now with everything that the defensive player of the year, two times, is not getting into the All-Star game. And then
0: you get, like you said, that narrative. like No disrespect to Dwight Howard, but like Rudy Gobert right now is more impactful. Although Dwight Howard's having a great season, Rudy Gobert's more impactful, and he's not even in the top ten of voting, which tells me something. And Carmelo Anthony's also there, too.
1: Rudy Gobert having his best rebounding season, Yo, man,
0: too. Problem, problem with All-Star voting, a lot of 11-year-old Brian's. You know out what? there. You know what? You know what? You know
1: what? I'm moving Carl Anthony Towns off for Rudy Gobert.
0: Nah, I don't go that that far. I'm doing it. Nah, I can't go that far. I'm doing it. Carly Town's having a better (laughs) season. Too many eleven year old Bryans out there. That's the problem. (laughs) Get get better. Get better on what y'all what you guys are doing. Nah, I'm I'm gonna
1: leave. I'm gonna leave it. I'm going to leave it. Rudy Gobert Gobert will be my – Oh, what I also want is that, you know, when we had Dwayne Wade last year and Dirk Nowinski last year, I would like for Vince Carter to be in the All-Star
0: game in the same way. I would like that. I think that would be a nice touch. I would
1: like Carmelo on the West Coast, but I don't think this is his last season necessarily. Not yet. So I don't know who would you add in the Western Conference. I don't know who – Or you just
0: don't have one in the Western Conference. Like, it's fine. So you have have 13 in the East? Yeah, who cares? I mean, well, it's not East versus West anymore. Right. But – who cares like it's just whatever you have one extra player to somebody gets the special personal i don't know if there's anybody else that's who's retiring that comes to mind right now that's of note shoot dwight howard no he's not retired jared dudley no man <laughs> look see y'all 11 year old brian's out here asking for jared dudley to be the All- yo no that's no disrespect jared dudley you know damn well you don't belong in the all-star game jared <laughs> dudley knows this if jared dudley was sitting here he'd know this come on He knows. But Vince
1: Vince Carter should should be in. Absolutely. In the the Dwayne Wade, uh, whatever Adam Silver. That's one thing. That's another thing I like that Adam Silver did, and I like a lot of things that he does. That's thing. That's another thing I like that Adam Silver did was add that. Adam Silver and I are both uh, Facebook friends, by the way. Oh, very nice. Yeah. I shot my shot and he accepted. He gets to, he gets to see your anger. I'm glad he accepted. He gets to see he gets to see all my podcast posts too. So maybe one day he'll listen in and listen to this. Adam Silver, you so got Adam come.
0: Silver. If you're listening, yo, maybe Adam Silver, you could come on here and tell, come up with a formulated plan how we can stop all these 11 year old Brian's out here. That's what that's is that going to be the name do. of this episode? 11 year old Brian. Might it just might be it just might be. You never know. You know, we like to hook our listeners up from time to time, and we have a hookup for you today. So, for the listeners of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30 day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can check out one of my favorite sports books, 40 Million Dollar Slaves The Rise, Fall, and Redemption. Of the Black Athlete by William C. Roden. That's available on audible.com with hundreds of thousands of other books that you can listen to today. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com/AHTT. Again, that's audibletrial.com/AHTT for your free audiobook. All right, new segment that we're doing, you just heard it, one time for your mind. What we're doing here is we are bringing uh, you some something that Brian and I either have found very interesting um, in the world of news. It could be sports. But we're trying to stay away from sports. We're trying to go with things that are a little bit more, uh, you know, different than we would talk about. Just something we came across. We might not know. Maybe we found it funny, hilarious, informative Thought that you should know about it. Um, so we just, you know, are sharing these ideas with you. We do not talk to each other about these. Which means we so, might have the same one sometimes. So it's possible we might. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to inform each other. We're trying to inform you about some things that might be going on in the world that you may or may not have known about or that we just found interesting. And I know Brian finds a lot of things interesting, sometimes that I don't find interesting. <laughs> so, you know, here we go. Brian, one time for your mind. What do you have for me? You're laughing already. So it makes me think that this might be kind of ridiculous.
1: French Montana. Have you heard about this?
0: No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm lost on this.
1: So French Montana is being accused of buying streams from Spotify. Uh, or French Montana and his Ooh. label are being accused of buying streams to sort of amplify the progress of one of his records so that they you know, show up on more streaming sites and just boost the numbers overall. So somebody on Twitter posted this. Uh his name is Carl Carla Maying on Twitter. And fifty Cent is also involved. We'll get to that in a
0: little bit. Ooh. <laughs> uh, French. Yeah, Mont- I'm curious as to how he got caught. This, French, this, this, this intrigues me. So
1: it's a whole threat. French Montana's out here buying streams in a desperate attempt to turn this three month old song into a flop. The song was released in September of uh September twenty nineteen. It wasn't very successful. Um the song is called Writing on the Wall with Post Malone Cardi B and uh I forget who the other person is. But Uh, It it wasn't very successful. It charted for five weeks. It left the top 200 on Spotify. Then it re-entered three weeks later and even reached a new peak on Spotify. And here's where it gets weird. Apparently, the reason why it's charting again is because it's currently popular on TikTok. Then why is it only rising on Spotify? Because on Spotify, it went up to 21. It went up 27 spots. And on Apple Music, it's 1,192nd. Which means that people are sort of uncovering that this is being bought through Spotify. So he searched Uh, on Twitter, this person, Carl, to see if anybody was actually listening to the song since it was popular on TikTok. So he searched on Twitter to see if it was popular on Twitter. And he he found some interesting tweets of people saying that their Spotify was hacked and it was playing that French Montana record when they discovered that it was hacked. (laughs) So if you look carefully at the dates, most of the tweets were sent. They were basically between the 18th and the 25th of December, ending on Christmas, and writing on the wall re-entered on December 22nd on these charts. So you kind of see more and more where this is going, and yeah, uh, that that that's going on, and 50 Cent sort of jumped in. French Montana was buying votes. And then apparently French Montana, according to 50 Cent, defended R. Kelly recently. So now they're going back and forth and beefing with one another. And you know 50 Cent on Instagram, he's going to go the extra mile for our entertainment. So I'm here for that
0: part of it. So what we've learned in this podcast, and this one time for your mind, <laughs> segment. Y'all out here juking the
1: stats. But Here's the thing. People so. There's my problem. People care so much about numbers. We've talked about people buying Twitter followers on this podcast before. We've talked about reporters buying it to amplify it and get blue check marks and do all this stuff, right? What... Why are we so numbers based when it comes to things? You know, just let stuff grow organically. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Just keep trying to build it organically. Yeah, I think. But people, people are just rushing because they have no patience and don't want to see things through, and they just want to be famous without being good at. What well, here's they do. the thing. Like, and French Montana, yeah, I'm not. I'm not he saying. He's famous, though. I'm not saying he's. Ba- I don't even know if this is him. It's probably his label, mm-hmm. right? Ain't but,
0: no, I mean, I doubt this goes by him without him knowing. French,
1: okay. French Montana also not like. Not one of the greatest rappers in the world. I mean, no, but he's had some hits. Like, hit. I don't. I don't care about hits. People can have. I hits. don't. But
0: what? But, no. But what I'm saying is that fuels into the people wanting more. So once you've had a taste of of said success, this is why you're doing more. And so, is, are the people behind French Montana or his label? Are they really any different than the 11-year-old Brian's out there voting for Taco Fall and Alex Caruso?
1: Yes, they're very different because I wasn't cloud chasing because there was no such you thing. You guys are all juking the stats. No, 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 but that's that's a totally different that's totally You different guys are problem. juking the stats. They're literally cloud chasing is different. So 50 cent posted on Instagram. He posted this photo. You should post this. This is from hiphoplately.com. It's of French Montana. <laughs> It says, French Montana got caught massively faking streams. 50 Cent put on his caption. Boy, you better start explaining right now. Power's back in two days. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag stars get the app.
0: <laughs> First of all, 50 doing, 50 doing anything to promote as, as he does. He's great.
1: Look. In the midst of a Bugatti, this is another meme. In the midst of a Bugatti-fueled feud against 50 Cent, French Montana may have some explaining. And then 50 Cent put the eyeball emoji. he said, look at the bright side. You can always go back to selling DVDs or start a podcast or something. <laughs> Look. And then he found another headline. This is all in one day. I love fifty, yo. He said, he said uh, French Montana defends R. Kelly saying, quote, let somebody enjoy their legacy. 50 Cent quote, quoted that and posted it on Instagram. What legacy, fool? You out of here, junkie. Power back in two days. <laughs> Listen, when I get to a certain level, I'm gonna be like that. You aren't already. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm saying like with the clapbacks. Yeah, flaming out, flaming people out, but here's the and thing. then side hustle returns in one week. Here's
0: the thing. Here's the thing. Hey, people, you know what? I might do that in 2020. Maybe I might just Maybe do that. You keep that. I might energy. do that if I bring side hustle back this year. Here's the thing. People been chased. Pe- this doesn't shock me. I guess It's weird. It doesn't. Sh- it shocks me that people think they can't get caught. That shocks me yes. more, right? yeah. right? It doesn't like shock Russia me. Like Russia and the election. Right. <laughs> it doesn't shock me that um, French Montana or his label or whoever did this can get caught. Here's what I don't understand with that. If you're going to go and juke the stats, you got to juke the stats all the way, right? So if you're going to do it for Spotify. Oh, no, no, no.
1: I I disagree. I disagree because when you cheat on tests back in the day when you're in school you don't get all 10 of the right answers you know
0: you when there's a B you got to yeah, put a yeah, C yeah, yeah. so it doesn't I'll, look like Yeah but here's the thing you know but you can't go when you this is not like one test you're dealing with two different platforms here you can't Push the numbers up on Spotify and don't do nothing on Apple Music and expect oh, people okay. expect yeah, people yeah, yeah. to not see the difference. Oh, right? I agree. Like yeah. to your point, even if you went all the way in on Spotify, you got at least go fifty percent on Apple Music. Agree. So people might be like, oh, well, Balance there was an out. increase too here too. You guys went, top 20
1: here, top 50 here, yeah. top 75 here so that doesn't look weird. Like
0: y'all going to juke the stats and play the game and y'all not going to try to balance it out? Yeah. Like shame on y'all thinking for nobody's not going to notice. Yeah, so, we're, t-
1: we're telling you how to cheat on the 8 hard to tell Pretty podcast. much telling Rest in in you in peace how to Eddie cheat. Guerrero. But I
0: think but I think <laughs> I think that's what makes if funny And that's why 50 Cent is able to clown Because he's like How y'all not gonna really go all the way with this it's, Yeah You know A friend of mine always says When, you, when you're when in the lie You gotta go in all the way Yeah You gotta go in all the way Die with the lie You know what I mean And like I understand French Montana's gotta deny it And he's not gonna come out And be like he juked the stats Cause nobody wants to do that mm-hmm. But uh Yeah man y'all out here ju- Y'all out here juking the stats Yeah And you know what's funny People still People still ain't feeling the song <laughs> <laughs> that's the, yeah, well, people were mad that the Spotify was hacked and it was playing this record. They're like, I don't want to hear this. Yeah, like, like <laughs> yeah, and that's how that's the hacking game now to force people to listen to the song that nobody's feeling. That's what
1: people are doing now, man. Yeah. Let me tell you something too. I've never heard this song once. either. I you haven't know what heard this song. You told me about it.
0: <laughs> well, that that was a good one time for your mind.
1: I, right. I honestly ain't checking for French Montana. Like, that's just, I'm, I'm sorry. not either. I'm even, not. even even if you're forced
0: to. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I found I found this out. I actually it came across this story right before we did this podcast found out something that i did not know obviously i'm not someone who is on any online dating platform oh yes um, i was hoping one of all, us brought something one, spicy like one this so, it's, it's not i don't know if it's spicy as much more i find it interesting mm. i did not know there was uh something called dating sunday huh. dating sunday is january 5th wait know, uh,
1: wait this is like a holiday but, like, not a holiday.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But- I mean, like, kind of it's like one of, like, fake holidays, okay. if you want to say so that. So, when you're listening to
1: this podcast, this will have already this just This already have occurred. But-, but we're letting you know to prepare for 2021.
0: But it's interesting, right? Because it's, it's considered to be online dating's busiest day of the year. So, I, I mean, kind of started thinking more about it when I read this, right? Like, what makes it... The busiest online dating day of the year. Why would that be? I do find somewhat interesting Mm. that it is close to the new year, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's funny because this article, which was written by Aaron Carson, uh, of this was from CNET. Uh, I found this on CNET because I like to read a lot of technology news from time to time. So um, January 5th is Dating Sunday, which online platforms like Coffee Meets Bagel, Match, Bumble, and Zeus. Coffee Meets Bagel? Yeah, it's it's a dating platform. Never heard of it? No. Oh, yeah. See, I don't one date time for your mind. That's That's like, I don't date online, bro. See, 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 folks. This is this is the point of this. <laughs> Ryan and I are educating each other on things that you may not even hear about, and Pe- educating you, the listener, listeners, well, too. Yes. And that we just happen to find interesting, right? Random stories. Yeah. It's the busiest day of the year for folks signing up, matching, and messaging on these platforms. Some numbers for you because we like numbers and oh, facts yes, Let's yes. give you your analytics. Yes, Match, for example, is predicting an eighty percent increase in user activity over its average on that day. Bumble is expecting a 30% increase in new users, and Zoosk anticipates 1.5 million messages will be sent in the U.S. That's a 17% hike from average. So the question was brought up in the article. What accounts for the surge in activity, right? Why are more people saying, hey, you know, this early in January, this day, let's get it. Now, it's funny because uh, the author um Eric Carson, she brought up some stuff where I was like, "Oh no, I could kind of see that." Well, this might it might not be my experience, might not be your experience, but for some people, I do know. Around the holidays, you get with your family, and if you're single, you know. So I've had this time happen when I'm younger. You know, yeah, you're out with the family, oh, and they and ask like, you, "Yo, you got girlfriend, boyfriend, partner, whatever? Mind your business." I mean, you should say that, but you're not saying that to your auntie. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> 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 I'm not, I'm not going to say, say that I'll say that to whoever I'd like to <laughs>
1: I'll say that
0: to whoever Who are you dating? Well, you know, for a lot of women When you going to get a man When you going to have some kids That's when, what's oh, happening too Kimberly Martin, um, shout out we Yeah, talked yeah we, talked, we talked about yeah. that So, we all, What I do think it's fair to consider That there may be some people Who because of that? Now, I don't think it'll be you or be me because you're the kind of person that'll be like, mind your business. If you're going to say mind your business, you're probably the kind of person that doesn't feel like they're going to feel the shame of it. But maybe some people are shamed. Mm -hmm. Maybe some people sit there and say, you know what? I got to get back into the game. (laughs) <laughs> and I gotta get back in this game And so it's tied in It's tied in Seriously It's tied in with New Year's resolutions Right yeah. And people are like Yo New Year I'm gonna get back in the game You know I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that Blah 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 That's funny I was just talking to a friend Who just recently She got back into the dating game On some dating apps or Whatever We were talking about that experience Which right. I found God bless Very interesting No, it's, it's So far so good for her It's been kind of interesting Um, But they This article then goes To make tips to people uh, about what they should do, um, and that like you know what they should maybe do on uh, doing that. But I also found that Bumble expects three million new new users to join between Thanksgiving Day, so that's going back to mm. Thanksgiving Day 2019, and Dating Sunday, January 5th, um, and they say that's when you see a lot of that group. Now, it's funny cuz in this winter time, we know a lot of the winter time is known as cuffing season, right? The time where people are settling down, it gets cold outside especially here in the northeast and people are cozying up with somebody. But these numbers kind of It's the time of the year where people who try to kick it to you all of a sudden pop up one week later with a significant other and are like, That's true. However, maybe a lot of them people find those people on the dating apps because it tells you that if all these people are signing up between that time that's of true. what we necessarily call cuffing season, yeah. maybe people aren't actually as cuffed as we think, right? Like that's what the numbers said to me. Cuffing season might be more of just trying to find somebody dating season, and everybody yeah. out there is just trying to find somebody dating because they ain't really cuffed.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, cuffed. I mean, you're not married, but you know, I, I, I right. know what you're saying. I mean, cuffing is a loose loose thing around that. I don't yeah. necessarily like the name yeah. of that. I mean,
0: either. the IRS would say
1: you're single till you're married. So
0: yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I found it. I found it so. fascinating. Yeah. that one did not know there was a dating Sunday. Two. It's there's real number behind this. There's real data behind this where people are really signing up like crazy and actually messaging more than ever, and
1: are probably shamed into doing so because they don't. They want to. They want to bring somebody to the family dinner. That's essentially what it is.
0: Or have somebody oh, they, to talk oh, about. Oh, at so the you're family saying dinner. so? So ne- they they're trying to plan and get this stuff straight before the next holiday season. Perhaps. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. maybe or or or
1: do. look. May, maybe they're just trying like. Maybe they just want somebody to bring so they could avoid some questions. Like, yo, could you just be my boyfriend for the day and then whatever, whatever? Could you be my girlfriend for the day and then just the show problem? Them the problem
0: was that is if you bring the wrong person, that don't work out. Then you still gonna have to answer questions the next time anyway. Hey, I'm not, I'm not making the decisions for them. I'm just trying to get
1: through <laughs> their head.
0: Like, no. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna try to talk to some uh, single friends I know um, and ask them if they're gonna be swiping a lot on Sunday. Maybe, maybe people are on that Sunday. Maybe they will be. I'll try to come back with a reporter. Now. <laughs> See, see what we have Alright that was it For the first <laughs> Imagine edition
1: Imagine doing a stand up About that
0: Jesus Christ I'm surprised That it hasn't happened Not anything <laughs> about dating apps During my news reporting days I'm surprised Or that wasn't a When I was at News 12 We used to do second You could call do one During the summer word, word on the street Do people Are people more active On dating apps In the summer Okay Wow
1: uh, AccuWeather a-
0: a- uh. uh, Why you said that I don't want to do that story <laughs> <laughs> All right, well that's it that's it for uh one time for your mind. Hey, if you have any stories you think is interesting or we should talk about it, we can see you could tweet them at us, Oh for sure. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah we're that- gonna
1: make we're gonna make this uh, also inclusive too. So if you, the viewer, the listener, have anything to send us. You can do that as well. Oh. You can email us, podcast at gmail.com, or you can slide in our DMs on Twitter or Instagram at ahttpodcast.
0: Yep. Let us know. Let us know what you think about that. Let us let you know what you think about people acting like 11 year old Brian. Let us know what you think about French Montana juking the stats and what you also think about people being super active on one day outside of the other after the holidays as they try to get a new boo for the new year. All right. That's it for this edition, this episode of the A Hard Sell Podcast, episode 105. Mm. Thanks to our man, Mike, uh, holding it down, producing this episode. Also want to thank you, the listeners. Also, please be sure to check out um, some of the extra content we'll have on Patreon. We are going to do a better job as we continue this year about putting out something once a week uh, for our Patreon subscribers. uh, A little bit of extra content, some things we talk about, sometimes some behind-the-scenes stuff. But you guys might not get to see for this podcast, right? With you know me chastising eleven year old Brian um, and other things of that nature, uh, but we will have more of that. Um, Also, check out our promotions, our partnerships. Just got word um, that a pretty Audible. good guest
1: is going to come through January eighteenth, so right. you guys
0: are going to want to going to want to be in tune for that. Nice. Okay, good. I just spoke with that person the other day. All right. Well, that is it again for a hard to podcast, episode one hundred five, the first one of twenty twenty. For Brian Fonseca, yeah. Max and Henry. Until next time, y'all. Peace.